High School Slumber Party AP is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party, head over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome slumberers who take their studies a little more seriously. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films. And do not fret, Island Addington will be joining us in just one moment. Your assignment today was to watch 2022's, this year's, Sex Appeal on Hulu. But first... Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, give us a positive review. Mention High School Slumber Party AP in it. And also a five-star rating if applicable. Tell a friend about High School Slumber Party AP. Spread the word. You're going to want to spread the word about this episode for sure. I can guarantee you that. Also, check us out at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Our archive is there. Search for the High School Slumber Party AP episodes there or just the regular High School Slumber Party episodes, whatever tickles your fancy. Or you know what? Why not both? That's really what you should do because they're both glorious. But today we have a wonderful AP episode for you. If you're curious to why it's just me on the opener today, it's because High School Slumber Party is in a bit of the doghouse this summer. That's right, we're in summer school, and you know Island would never underachieve enough to get into summer school, right? Well, that's not fair. You can go to summer school for fun. You can go to summer school to make up for lost time, which is what we're doing. So I don't want to diss summer school like that. I just don't think of Island Addington and summer school. That's my point. Regardless, you're going to get plenty of Dr. Island Addington today. This is a really, really fun episode. This is a saucy episode due to the subject matter as well. Island gets really, really personal, and I love it. It was a pleasure to sit down and listen to again and edit, and I think you're going to love it too. A special thank you in advance to Island's tutor. That's all I'm going to say. One more thing. We did record this episode a couple months ago, so if there's any anachronisms, we apologize. But without further ado, let's do it. No pun intended. Here is our episode on sex appeal. Aizen, where can we find sex appeal and what is sex appeal exactly about? Happy to share, Brian. Sex appeal can be found on Hulu. Once again, props to Hulu. They're doing it. Absolutely. This is another, I mean, I'm tipping my hand here, but I'm going to say excellent teen film found on Hulu. So nice work, Hulu. And here's how they describe it. Avery Hansen White doesn't do things she isn't excellent at. So when her long distance boyfriend hints at wanting to 
take their relationship to the next level at the upcoming STEM conference, in parentheses, <laughs> nerd prom, she sets out to master her sexuality. I, I like that one. I think it's fine. I would have I would have moved a couple things around, but yeah, that's that's basically it. He doesn't hint at it. He's straight up sex. <laughs> okay, yes. That is so true. So yeah, th- that is sex appeal. And I am excited to talk about this movie with you, Brian. Yeah, I, I'm excited to talk this one as well. We uh, in the past, or at least myself, was complaining that the modern teen sex comedy was rare you know we got it in blockers uh, occasionally some other ones but we, we get a lot of serious uh serious films uh serious indie yep. dramas we get a lot of ya sob stories and and we get some fun like to all the boys like stuff right i know that's ya but it's a different kind of a, like the more cutesy romance right not that this movie isn't cute that's not what i'm saying but yeah. i grew up on the teen sex comedy. You grew up on the teen sex comedy. It was there. America, Absolutely. for better or worse, America grew up on the teen sex comedy. And it's sort of, to me, especially... It's weird, because I still have a little bit of imposter syndrome with doing this podcast. I feel like, Brian, you're not an expert in teen films. Why can you say that? I <laughs> think you're an expert in teen films, friend. Almost 300 episodes in. It's like, okay, I can kind of say maybe I'm there, but it is apparent to me that, for better or worse, there's a weird thing now with, I don't know about art in general, but especially like teenage films, they don't want to stray to a silly sex comedy. Not that this is always silly, but mm-hmm. how can I put it? Everyone wants to either make an Oscar movie or right. make a super big hit. Like, obviously, yeah, to, to All the Boys, not an Oscar movie, but they're still, like, are trying really, really hard to make... It's like a, a fault in our stars, sort of. Yeah. We want to make something poignant, meaningful. Poignant. What a great word. Exactly. Everyone is trying to be so poignant these days. When I was young, there was a teen movie... And I realized this we're talking to my brother on the podcast recently. My brother is seven years younger than me. Um, and he's like, I grew up in a drought for teen films. We had like one or two a year. So when, uh, you know, the movie we were talking about, Project X, he's like, when Project X came out, he's like, we were all going crazy. We had to see it. You know, I thought about it, but I never thought about it. And I looked back at like my high school years. And it's not an exaggeration to say there was a teen film every month. Absolutely. A lot of them were dumb sex comedies, but it didn't matter. Like, I really wanted to see them. And today I'm super still nostalgic about a lot of them. I feel like a lot of them in that era, maybe instead of or not, I mean, certainly like thinking, you know, absolutely American Pie road trip, their sex, Euro trip, their sex comedy things in there. But I'm also thinking about all the makeover movies. Well, that too. Yes, that too. When I think of like teen films from my era, meaning like, I'm in the car, my friend is driving, and I'm changing out of my pet band uniform into my cute jeans <laughs> to meet people at the movie theater. That's it's the it's the makeover. It's the drive me crazy. The she's all that. Never been kissed. Like to you know take a human and then change them, and then they'll find out they were great all along or like whatever <laughs> it is, you know. You're so right, though. Avery in this film kind of alludes to that at times. Because I do feel like 
the guy movies were more about like losing your virginity and stuff like that. Right. So that's the other thing about this. We don't have that many sex comedies. And this is driven by a, a young woman. And I think they were very careful to make them seniors in high school to make it spring of senior year. Right. I feel like there were just a like a silent uh, producer, but with like a loudspeaker subliminally being like, they're all 18, <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> just enjoy the movie. Um, and then of course they're creative with how they portray the sexual activities, again, so as not to be so explicit that that folks couldn't watch it. And I'm interested in your, in your thoughts on that as, as we get into it. But yeah, a, a sex comedy with a female lead. It's awesome. I love it. It's awesome. And then, and to your point there, this is not like a sex comedy. It's not a gross out Not, not a gross out one. It's not like, oh, I'm going to the theater to see naked people or, you know what I mean? Right. Or even like the to-do list. Yeah, You know, true. I mean, how about this? This is a sex comedy. It is not raunchy. No. And there's something about that I love. I'm just happy, though, that we're getting these. And once again, we mentioned it on an earlier episode, uh, American High, that studio, uh, they produced this film as well, Sex Appeal. So, look, I haven't been a fan of every film that I've seen that they've put out, but I have loved every effort they've made, is what I'll say, right? Like, it might not, some of them might not, no pun intended, have appealed to me as much as other films, but... I love that they're doing this. I love so much that they're like making these teen films and maybe not everyone's going to be a home run, but I want to go back where there's it's once a month on and now it's probably going to be on streaming, but give me more. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of good content out there for sure. So thank you, thank you American High for making Sex Appeal and and continuing continuing the valiant effort on making teen films. And of course, uh, we mentioned in the Banana Split episode, American High has a film festival this year. Still going to see if I'm going to go. I'm hoping to go. But uh, American High, if you listen to any of these episodes and you want to throw some uh, a ticket at me or two. Or... Yeah, throw a press badge this <laughs> way. Badge. We, have, we have a true expert and sincere fan of the genre here. And so, yeah, I think it would uh, behoove them to invite you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, not, not to put myself on a pedestal again, but... No, that's what I'm... <laughs> Thank you. We're going to get specific today. This movie gets very specific with sexual things. If that makes you squeamish out there, apologies. Sure. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> y'all, you've got, y'all got me here. Well um, documented uh, and accredited gender and sexuality uh researcher so i feel like we're we're uh, in good hands it's gonna be good it's gonna be good (laughs) before we uh talk more about the film i have to tell this story i I mentioned it to you briefly via text but something happened recently on a weekend that related back to my prom night okay now, was this nerd prom or regular Regular prom, prom regular prom. I okay. was not invited to STEM, <laughs> any kind of STEM thing, unfortunately. But, um, okay, so it's going to feel like this is coming out of left field. But it's not, I promise you that. And I know, Aislinn, you, you are an animal lover and a dog lover, so appreciate this. And again, like I told you all fair, or whatever. But So a couple weekends ago, I was out enjoying some a nice weekend out in Long Island, out in the Hamptons. And that sounds fancier than it is. I know. I just suddenly, all the Real Housewives just like raised a glass in my, in my mind. So. But um, 
me and some friends were driving along a, a busy a busy road and we saw a dog off leash running in and out of the road and you know oh, no. we stopped and took a while but i have experience in the pet care industry and i was able to coax this beautiful young schnauzer right now i mean i think that's an important piece of it too right like it's not i have had moments where i see a dog out in the world and i wonder does that dog have a home or not and i think there's sort of you know an idea of what that kind of dog looks like mm-hmm. a generic dog this was a schnauzer like this is very clearly someone's pet yes yes he had a collar his name was romeo uh, which we found out but was able to coax him literally in the middle of the street as you know one of my friends is tr- you know trying to stop cars come by you know got him he was very scared very nervous you know my wife who there is no one in the world who i have met who is a bigger dog person than my wife in terms of is able to convince any dog to love them and i work again with dogs and absolutely you are an expert <laughs> in that sense as well yeah and called the phone number it was a home phone number, couldn't find the owner, ended up tracking down where the owner lived. Long story short, we got the dog back to uh, uh, parents. They were like sculptors and stuff, which was really cool. Oh, like, uh, regardless, I'm not telling the story to brag that I saved a dog. But you did. I, I'm very happy about that. And you're like, Brad, how does this relate to high school? How does this relate to your prom night? Because I've had this guilt since prom night. Oh, no. On prom night, had my prom, whatever, and it's not going to get weird, don't worry, but was going home with my girlfriend, or going to wherever, we'll say, with my, with my girlfriend at the time. I had lost my virginity at that point, but really, really wanted to have sex. I'll just be flat out about it, okay? It was prom. It was prom, teenage hormones. Amen. We're driving back, and we see a Boston Terrier running on on the road and we both said should we stop and should we do something and i say no that probably belongs to the person whose lawn it's running on it's probably you know going out to the bathroom whatever i was not thinking clearly i was thinking about other things a week later we see signs from a little girl lost my boston terrier where's my dog that has haunted me since because arguably there is nothing worse in my mind, in my heart, than the idea of a lost dog. <laughs> I've hated myself since then. There's been a couple opportunities in my life that I've seen dogs, lost dogs in the city here, other places that I've tried to coax them or have tried to get them, and I haven't been able to, yeah. right? So to finally, again, whatever, but to finally get Romeo back to his owner was felt so rewarding to me. Oh, I'm so glad you found your absolution. Doesn't fix everything, and I hope that little girl found her dog, you know what I mean? I am sure she did. <laughs> but it was good to finally be like, you know, make, make somebody happy, because if I had lost my dog, I would be inconsolable, you know, and I'm sure you'd be the same. So Absolutely. so, so I, I bring it up because just like those teenage hormones, they, they sometimes trick you, they pull you in different directions, and... Absolutely. They run the show. <laughs> they run the show. And that's sort of what this movie is about. It's sort of kind of exploring that and new things and differences. And need to bring that up. I want to get a little bit personal. So let's talk sex appeal, Island. Production-wise, though, 
I'll tell you what. We're not going to spend a lot of time in this department today because there's not even a Wikipedia page for this film, which, which is interesting, right? There's an IMDb, of course, and the director, uh, Talia Osteen, first-time director. By the way, happy to see this was directed by a woman because... Amen. I, I confirmed it while watching, but I... <laughs> I thought it had to be it honestly in part based on like how they accomplished all of it. Right. I mean, it's, and I'm not, not saying that I'm not openly saying that women are more creative. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of, um, the, the way that complex and, otherwise like explicit things is approached in this movie i was really impressed with and felt like it was you know that there were women running the show there so i'm i'm glad that i was proven correct <laughs> yeah and again we don't know too much about this director and i'm also like more and more i'm getting afraid to jump to conclusions even on gender right oh of course yeah but if we're yeah. going to make guesses and paint with that broad stroke definitely Let's be honest, if we saw that the director's name was, like, Greg Johnson, you know, they might have a story to tell, and they might have been a great director, but on first Absolutely. glance, yeah, it's better that yeah. it's better that it is uh, Talia Osteen, we'll put it that way. It's interesting, because looking at her IMDb, the thing mm -hmm. she's credited most for is composer, and I don't think I've oh, ever seen that, like, oh, I directed a couple things, but I'm more of a composer, right? It's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and as far as the cast goes, a lot of the adults I had recognized. Amazing. And we'll get into them for sure, but. Uh, amazing. But the, uh, I don't want to call them kids because they were 18, but. The teens, The yeah. teens, if you will. I did not recognize any of them. I think they did a great job, specifically Mika Abdallah, who played Avery, our lead here. But uh, did you recognize anyone or did anyone stand out to you as being exceptional? Well, Here's the first thing I'm going to say. I think my strongest critique of this movie is that it suffers from this thing that happens a lot. And I've referenced on this podcast where you have two, I think particularly it's, I've noticed it with male characters, but you have these two, you know, competing characters and they hire actors that look <laughs> Very similar, Absolutely. right? This is to all the boys, um, volume one, all over again for me, or of Veronica Mars all over again. Like, why, why are they both square-jawed, white, curly-haired brunette young men? Why? You're referring to Jake Short, who plays Larson. I thought I thought he was really good, and I thought he was. I thought he was great. I thought he, he played like such a different and unique and, and um, sensitive character, but like... Yes, also nuanced. Nuanced. Oh, that's going to be, I think, my word of sex appeal is nuance. But like, let me just share the screen with you, his photo. Like, he's so much like more... Oh, yeah, this is, that is a very like... How can you... Art house. Yeah, right, like... <laughs> uh, you know, first Friday exhibit night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so don't let like the photo fool you. I think he plays a, you know, super down to earth, awesome guy. But you're totally right. He looked like the other dude, Casper Mason Versaw. I guess I guess she has a type. I guess you know we don't see them side by side, and so maybe that's part of how it got through. But 
I I thought they looked very very similar. But I have to say, even Avery and the the other girl that the dude's into, like yes, Lisa, Lisa, they also looked very similar. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they were in the same room, I'd be able to tell that they were different people. Not like that, but like it wasn't like yeah. I don't know if I was casting, maybe it would be like the redhead and the. I feel, I feel like that that made more sense to me if mm. if we're gonna try to rationalize it of like that is his type. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess you could say that. that. In that, if he had this crush on Avery and then you know sort of switched gears, but I guess I'm also disappointed in myself for even saying that because if we are talking about high school students, I don't know. I feel like that is early to like even say you have a type. True. True. You know, everybody's just figuring things out, which is what this movie's about. Yes. So the, yeah, the young cast, I was not familiar with. And we get a lot of them too, not just leads, but like, there are a lot of speaking roles for young people in this film as she's doing research. Yeah, there's reoccurring um, interviews that I thought were great. And what I thought was great about it was that like, they felt unique. Like when they would go back to people, I kind of was anticipating what the response might be. Like, oh, what is this kid going to say about this, you know? And I thought I thought that was super cool. The one, I guess, teen who's of note, in terms of, like, people would know the name, I would assume, the actor who played Danica was Paris Jackson. The Yes! I guess Michael Jackson's daughter, right? Yes. I didn't know she was an actor. I guess I knew that, maybe. Yeah, because I think I'd seen something with her before, but... Yeah, so I, I think that's really the only name, if you will, of like the young younger people. When you looked at their IMDb's, they had been in things, but just not things that I had seen or, or was too familiar yeah, with. It's the big, it's a early in their careers for sure, and we can get into it. The Paris Jackson of it all did stand out to me a little bit. Of like one of these things is not like the other, to borrow a Sesame Street phrase. <laughs> and I, you know, it was still I don't know. I I sometimes have a short attention span for like wise beyond their years like the you know the sort of guru among the high school students that's sort of like well why are you outside of this universe with answers but i think for the mechanism of of the plot and the film you know i i think that the character was fine but just sort of broadly i don't love that as a way for the protagonist to get more information gotcha yeah i mean like i don't mind it so much and i like that i'll put it this way if paris jackson's gonna be in this film that's the character she should play yes it reminded me of book smart yes yes i i i wrote that down uh billy lord billy lord yeah book smart it was similar yeah, to the billy was lord a similar, character there. more than a cameo less than a main role for sure. But let's talk about the adults in this film. Uh, who did you recognize? Who did you like? I mean, I love Fortune Feimster. And so I think we see Fortune first in terms of the parents, because we learn early on that Avery has three maternal figures and that there's sort of two households next to each other. And, you know, Fortune Feimster is, seems to be the head of one household. And then Margaret fucking joe yeah that surprised me <laughs> the other which again i just that seeing both of them but i would say particularly margaret i felt like if this movie was blessed by margaret joe <laughs> then there's got to be something good and contemporary in this because i i feel like 
I've been aware of her for a long time. And certainly I like, I remember her television show in the nineties. <laughs> I know that wasn't the beginning. Like she's been in comedy and, and activism for so long. And every time I hear her speak in an interview or things, I'm so impressed by how her agility with, with language as, as language around identities and gender and sex is changes that she's continues to kind of evolve with that. And that is hard for some people. And so I love that. And it's always in an inviting you in way. As, as a comedian, it might be easy to make fun of or um, sort of tease someone about not knowing something, but she's not. Like she's always mm. calling in and wanting to be inclusive and sharing information. And I don't know, I just, I, I really like how she approaches the world. And so not only was I excited to see her act in this, I also saw it as sort of further proof that like this movie's on the right track. I don't know. I might be giving, too, I might be giving too much there, but I, I really liked that character. I love this wild feminist mom that has vulva paintings all over the house. And then and then to help support her daughter and also for new artistic expression switches it all. And then there's just dicks everywhere. Like, <laughs> gosh, that cracked me up. So those were, I think the first, I feel like there were another, there was another teacher or something I'd have to bring up. That I'm yeah. Thinking, those uh, were the main standouts for me. Well, who else am I missing? Well, just to go back to um, the, kind of the family dynamic there. It's when I say non-traditional, I don't, I mean it in a sense that we don't see this a lot in teen films. Um, it's usually if parents, they're pretty just binary mom and dad parents. Or let's be honest, uh, you know this as well as anyone. It's usually single parent, dad, right? There's usually dead someone else. But yes. um, here, there are so many things with her parentage that we don't see. Like the list goes on forever, right? Gay parents. Divorced parents who aren't mm -hmm. fighting, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah, co successful co-parenting. Yes, among former partners and new partners, like that's that's a lot of hands in the kitchen, you know. Super, super supportive in general, you know. A lot of comedy comes from the parents, but it's not because oh they're gay or oh like you know oh you know what right. I mean like or that and it's not that they're shaming or or detracting from her journey yeah. either. Like you're right, they are so supportive and the like the humor and the foibles of them could easily happen with a different family setup. You know what I mean? Like it mm -hmm. wasn't unique to them. So it was still familiar in that like, oh, my mom is embarrassing me kind of thing, but just a different set of particulars than thinking of comparing it again to, to all the boys like, by my dad's a gynecologist, so he's going to talk to me about sex. And like, yeah, there's humor in that and there's discomfort in that. And this is just a completely different landscape to put that humor onto. And I enjoyed it. It's uh, Mama Sue's, Ma Deb, mm -hmm. and Ma Kim. And Ma Kim is played by Rebecca Henderson, who's been in a ton of stuff too. If you, uh, Yeah, super recognizable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, some of the teachers, as you said recognizable in a sense and certainly like powerful characters like the sex the sex ed teacher oh yeah artemis i think of it's always sunny yeah that's that's where you i know, knew she's her a recurring yeah. yeah and then she's 
then guest appearances on a ton of other things. Yeah, I think people would recognize her. And then the director is one of the teachers, correct? Yes, I, I should have mentioned that as well. The director is an actor as well, like in addition to being a composer, as, as I said. So I think that's pretty cool. I want to bring up that American High, almost all the films they do, they employ first-time directors. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. And that's something we see here as well. So maybe they knew her from something else. I don't know. But I, I think it's uh, it's empowering to do that. I'm really looking forward to seeing more from this director. Um, I love the teachers in this. I love how <laughs> they're like hyper-focused on their, their studies. But they do feel still like they're a part of this school ecosystem. They're not like uh, Ferris Bueller teachers that feel like they're for comedy, which, which I love, but right. like they feel like they're in a different world. Like, you know what I mean? But we have to say, though, like there are no, like, I would say A-listers in this movie. I think there are people that people would recognize, but it's not like there's an mm-hmm. Amy Poehler in this, for example. Sure. Um, but overall, I think the cast was awesome, and I think they did an excellent job. But enough production. Let's talk the movie. Let's talk sex appeal. Aislinn, initial thoughts on the film? Well, Brian, I do have a couple of initial thoughts. Um, (laughs) So as the synopsis read, and hopefully listeners will have watched the movie, but if not, just, you know, quickly, this is a high achieving student. Um, She's already won the STEM conference before, but she's going back for her final year and wants to win it again. And they have to develop an app. Meanwhile, her long distance super STEM boyfriend wants to have sex and she's not comfortable doing things that she's not excellent at. And so she sort of, you know, decides that like everything you need practice, you need experimentation. Like there's, there's a lot that kind of rests on this like scientific model of, you know, research and experimentation and again, kind of stages of, of an experiment. Which, sort of thing. which she made feel very real in the film, you know, so I just want give props to that so sorry yeah tell me more tell me what you No, i, what, I, I mean uh so i could see this being played in a totally different way like i need to get good at sex let me do this and it's more like gag wise i thought um avery right. really or the actor i should say really committed to um this character who again loves science and that's another thing to see a young woman so committed to science in a film is amazing and she's not it says nerd in the synopsis but she's not like the nerd but i think she's the one that calls it nerd yes yes you know it's like this this is my and she says to her parents like this is my big event this is what i'm putting my energy toward where other people would put their energy towards something else nerd is like a positive thing these days i feel like yes but in the history of teen films, it wasn't always like again, not a, not a teen film, a college film. But think of like Revenge of the Nerds, like they're just right. Or I mean, can't buy me love. Or can't buy yeah, so many things like they nerds are ostracized previously. Right, we are definitely in the pro nerd era. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, absolutely, and yeah, I think you're right. There's a sincerity mm-hmm. that it's not, and it's different than, and I'm. I'm I'm going to try to figure out why it's different than, but different than like the to-do list where it's a checklist of, okay, I need to do this and this and this so that I've experienced these things. This is more like I need to do research to figure out how to be good at 
this and how to, if the goal is pleasure, like how do I achieve pleasure? And she decides that that is also gonna be the project for this STEM conference. And that to me is like, okay, whatever. Like the app of it all, <laughs> I didn't really care about. And by the time we get there in the movie, she kind of doesn't either, um, I'll say. But okay, long story short, here's what I thought when I started watching this movie, Brian. I started watching it and like the setup and the setup and I thought, gosh, this is a little bit familiar. <laughs> Speaking of nerd culture, I think it's pretty clear to listeners and, and you uh, that I'm, I'm a nerd. I've always have been. I'm a, a, a sassy you know, nerd. I'm a sassy nerd. Yes, that's true. And I think <laughs> one of my s- sassy nerdiest things was a similar journey, um, wherein I felt, uh, behind, I felt uneducated. I felt like I wasn't practicing what I was preaching, um, in some ways. And so similar, not the same, similar to this movie at one point in my younger life journey, I enlisted a trusted friend to try to figure out some of the areas that I felt behind in or that I didn't understand or didn't feel like I was excelling in. And so as I watched this, I thought, <laughs> damn, who's been who's been in my head and dramatizing things? Now, I will say this is not in high school. This was later, hence the feeling behind. So part of me was quite embarrassed because I knew then I would have to disclose that on this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, you would be like, damn, why are you so passionate about this movie? <laughs> and also, I thought, that's fantastic. Because for at least one person, there is something, there is a, there is a kernel of truth in this journey. And if that's true, then, then of course there are others. And, and we can get into we don't also don't have to the ways in which I think we fail young people in general in terms of how we're um, educating folks about sex and sexuality and ourselves our bodies all that kind of stuff and I would argue particularly you know young women and and folks that identify uh, beyond the binary right a lot of a lot of the medical scientific information we have is, based on and made for men, right? It's sort of like one example is like, we didn't know for so long how prevalent heart attacks were in women, right? Because they weren't looking at that. It was thinking about it only in terms of men. And then like, oh shit, women are having heart attacks all the time. Like we need to get on this, right? So all that to say, this movie resonated with me. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it very much. And I thought they were so creative in how they were able to make those really intimate scenes approachable, fun to watch, without them being cringy, without them being so explicit that it was exploitative. Like I, I loved the the metaphors and the kind of layers of of imagery they used in order to portray some of the pieces of intimacy, the sexual activities that these these two young people were pursuing. Well, first of all, thank you, Aislinn, for sharing such <laughs> a personal uh, personal story, even though, again, painted with broad strokes. But 
That's awesome. Strokes, my tutor, wink, wink. <laughs> Who is a listener, by the way? <laughs> okay, that's too much. We're done. <laughs> Thank you, tutor, for listening. Maybe we'll bring you on one day and get more specifics about this this wonderful, wonderful... For the Patreon. Yeah, that's, for the Patreon. That's not a free feed and a luxury. <laughs> a summer of education and learning. And, and, and we thank the tutor, sponsored by the tutor today. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah, I'm so happy that you connected with this movie in that way. Honestly, I was watching and... Was I watching and thinking, oh, Iceland did this? No, I, I wasn't watching <laughs> that. But I thought from our previous conversations that you would appreciate a lot of what was happening in the film and how how they were depicting things and um, even just yeah. the conversations they were having. I, I knew it was something that you would uh, appreciate. So I'm not surprised that you enjoy this film. And I'm not that surprised, to be honest with you, that you have a related story to the film. <laughs> what I mean? Because- yeah, again, absolutely. I think the more conversations, you know, that we would have, I think the more people we would find that would have something, you know, that could be somehow parallel. Yeah. So again, love hearing that. Great to hear. Early on, this is a movie that has voiceover and there are a lot of people who hate voiceover. They say never do voiceover, whatever. I'm not one of those people, FYI. I don't think it took away from the film at all. Because she isn't... Um, Avery is a very analytical person in general. It almost right. checked out. I almost felt like I was in her... It didn't feel like she was... Expl- yes, it, she, it was, she was explaining things. But it also felt like that would be a real thing. Real things that were going through her head. Um, it didn't feel like it was filling in gaps. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And... and- I don't always love voiceover, but I, I agree with you here. You know, she's analytical. She's um, like, we see her taking notes and voice notes and things. So it sort of fit the character. The part that worked less for me in that way is it is one that sort of has this flashback of where the film opens with her walking into her STEM conference presentation and looking upset and looking like she's not ready for it. And then we go back in time and we see, you know, everything that leads up to that point. So the whole movie isn't a flashback. Like there's then a point where we are at the STEM conference and then the rest of the movie happens. And so I don't know that sometimes, uh, I don't know, I sort of wish it was all or nothing. I, and maybe this is intentional. And so I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, but like we start at the STEM conference, we get back to the STEM conference. The STEM conference is the thing we're working toward until she realizes it's not really about that. And, you know, spoilers, she doesn't win. She she withdraws her uh, app or from consideration. And then we move on to close out the movie. And so, I don't know. Then in retrospect, I feel like it's a weird place to bookend it when that's the thing that becomes less important to the main character. Or am I overthinking? To be completely honest, I totally forgot it opened there. You're probably right, because the fact that I forgot it means that it probably wasn't an effective. Right? It it turns out to be not very and not a very important. Plot which point. I like though, because it it becomes more. I liked that. I'm saying I don't like the bookend. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe it's a, a kind of weird place to bring us in. But again, I, I forgot about it, so. I don't know. I, I guess it just wasn't. Yeah, it clearly wasn't effective. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Or or it all worked despite that choice. I'll tell you what, like the buy-in for this movie, I was a yeah. little skeptical in the first 15, 20 minutes where we were going to go. I didn't know if it was just going to turn into kind of a dumb teen sex comedy. Again, there's room for that. Right. Or... I know I just said, like, as I was watching, you, I felt like, oh, I still want to enjoy this movie. But there was also things, I was afraid it was going to go down certain roads that were going right. to just, like, you know, really, really piss you off. <laughs> right. Um, we've talked in the past about the idea of the, you know, the best friend character and the friend zone and things like that. And, yeah. and there are a lot of things in this movie that are pointing towards that. But then doesn't end up landing there. Which, which is interesting. Oh. Uh, what did you think, I guess, overall of the dynamic between her, uh, Avery, and her, her best friend or foreign best friend or whatever, Larson? Larson. Larson, yeah. Yeah. I, as I'm thinking about the movie now, I, I think there were several times where I either laughed out loud or, like, gasped out loud when Avery would approach Larson in school, like in public and the things she would say and the way that she spoke to him was so funny and like shocking to me because she, and I think she played it so well as, as so sincere and earnest without being oblivious. She's not playing it like she doesn't understand social cues or isn't kind of aware of everyone else. It's just that her goals are important. And I could, I just sort of see it as, you know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So I'm going right in there and I'm going to tell him what I need to tell him, ask him what I need to ask him. And Larson's reaction to her <laughs> in, in those times, like I, I had so much fun with their, with their dynamic as we get deeper into the film and like their connection seems to be growing or, you know, and yet Avery is still so focused on her goal, that sort of tension between them of like him being the one who is more open to feeling and, and is the one who like, he, it's not his experiment. So kind of all he has is, are his feelings about this um, and her being so sort of goal oriented. I thought that tension felt pretty authentic. And then kind of the result of that, like you say, it doesn't come back around to where we expect it to like, they make amends and then they go on with their lives independently. And that's, that's not what I expected. And I'm, I don't, is it weird to say I'm like proud of the movie for making that choice? Like so often in teen movies and senior year movies and prom <laughs> movies, it's at the end, we're going to kiss and make up and ride off into the sunset, which we all know, like, Yes, absolutely. Some people marry the high school sweetheart and that's amazing. And a lot of people go on and meet other people. And so <laughs> I thought the way that they accomplished this like realistic in quotes ending was sweet and beautiful. And like, they're not fighting. They have, they've come to peace with their situation. They disagree fundamentally about it, but they're at peace and they're going to move on. And, and I thought what a mature ending for a sex comedy. Yeah, no, for sure. And I really want to spend some time on the ending. But how we get here is, again, so fascinating to me. Like, early on, she when she decides that this is going to be her STEM project, I was a little bit skeptical. Like, it just seemed a little convenient. 
But I quickly forgot that as her, she's doing the research because she becomes such a relatable, uh, maybe relatable is not the right word, but just like such a, she feels realistic and fleshed out and everything she's doing feels consistent, right? It doesn't feel yes. like we're trying to get from point A to point B or funny gags to funny gag here. She has a pretty consistent personality throughout and some of her shortcomings are kind of magnified through this project. It's almost fun to see how this unfolds despite despite some obvious pitfalls that I thought that the movie would enter and then it didn't. The whole uh, research aspect of things, collecting the data, the, what she builds with Spock or whatever, and commentary is baked into here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't feel inorganic. Like, okay, when she's like talking to uh, the other kids in school and basically they're just defining how everyone's sexual journey is different. Yeah. They're the two guys who like are really over the top. And then when she asks them like, oh, have you ever been with them? Oh, not yet. I'm working on, working on getting my first kiss or whatever. There's the one cheerleader who, who she's like, I'm just, you know, it's not that I'm Christian or whatever. I, right. You know, that's just not my top priority right now. I thought that's super cool because we hardly see that in movies too. And that's, and, and also like you're talking about the character shortcomings, which I could, I love the way you said that. Absolutely. This journey magnifies the areas in which she has room to grow and grow up. But like she expected hot mm-hmm. cheerleader to have more experience or, or to be, to fit into a different mold. And she expected hot guy at the gym who's like, I do not want to talk about this. I did not consent to this over and over again. So yeah, those like the the peanut gallery or the Greek chorus of it was was really delightful and includes some different representation and some different things that, um, different perspectives that I, I really liked. I think I had forgotten about that aspect. Yeah. So I'm glad you reminded Great me. Great words though. Uh, representation and just perspective. Uh, a lot of times when, when a, a film like this is out there, it'll try to sell a certain point of view. And, and we see so much of that. And so, again, especially a lot from women who aren't usually highlighted in these movies. And also, you probably speak more to this. Well, you could definitely speak more to this more than me. But, like, a, a lot of uh, important facts on women's bodies that I think yes. <laughs> that I think matter and don't get talked about. Yes, not enough in general. And again, I shouldn't be the one on the soapbox saying that. But can be. It's, it's important <laughs> to us all. Yes, it's important to us all for sure. But also in film, we don't we don't get that a lot. And also when we do, it still feels like it's in a weird way. This felt this felt like a movie for everyone because there was like gay characters speaking. There was. You know, I'm not going to assume everyone's deal, right? I'm not going to say that this person was asexual, this person was non-binary, whatever. Right. But there's certain to seem like those point of views mm-hmm. were being expressed. And then from the girl in the back of the class who can give herself an orgasm by doing whatever. Thinking. Yeah, thinking. Yeah. To, you know, just explaining the reality of, like, there's not a one catch-all for every woman or every guy or, or every whatever you identify as like again i think that is one of the coolest things of this film like this is gonna sound weird if you haven't seen the movie but i'd mean it in a positive way i felt like i was in like the coolest sex ed class ever yeah absolutely if i was a person with children or in charge of someone's adolescent education I would include this movie. It wouldn't be the only thing, but I, w- <laughs> I would include it. I think there are some great messages and 
brings up a lot of good questions that don't typically like make it into teen sex comedy. And then while while you were talking about the the other characters that we hear from briefly, just so I don't forget, I want to include the character whose name I cannot remember, but it's it's the girl from band that Larson likes. Yes, yes. And he's trying like Lisa or Lisa? I think it's Lisa. It's L-Y-S-S-A. Yes, because it was going to be Lisa and Larson, and that was too much for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, we see him looking at her. We see him attempt to talk to her a couple times, sometimes interrupted by Avery, because she has no awareness for other people's goals. <laughs> but when we finally get oh, to hear from her, so good. Way toward the end of the film, you know, Avery, who has been our vehicle to hear from all the other characters, goes up to her and basically kind of vouches for Larson to say, like, I know things have been weird. That's on me. He's the great guy. Like, you should go to prom with him, blah, blah. And then that young woman stands up and is just like, hi, I'm not someone's fantasy. I'm a real person. I appreciate what you're doing here. But like, I am also a complex individual. It's not just you. And I thought like that i almost stood up and applauded and that was a little bit sort of heavy-handed but also great and not like so often that other person in the triangle is just limited to an object of affection and that's what this this girl was through the movie for all that we knew this young woman and in just one scene in even just one part of one scene like that was what three sentences of dialogue was all you needed to suddenly make that from like a two-dimensional to a three-dimensional person and then we went on with the movie and it's like it's that easy right it could be that easy to show people as as whole people and why aren't we doing that all the time i don't know i love that yeah i love a in a movie where you feel like if you turned left or right and left the main character and talked to somebody else that they would have a story and, and, and a background and totally i felt that with the moms i wanted to hang out with the moms <laughs> and hear more about, about uh, their journeys oh yeah they were so fun um but uh lisa to be specific yeah that scene is so cool because also i'm um, part of avery's research is just collecting all this data by the way i know we're bouncing back and forth but whatever the fact that she's making this app she goes to stem and then she gives up on the app or just it doesn't work for her i liked that better than because i was like how are they going to make this work like whatever yeah how is she going to demonstrate it how does the app work yeah the app again the least of my interests in this um so probably good it was abandoned let's be honest if it's a stem conference and the judges are the judges are they really gonna reward a app that encourages teen sex probably yeah not. they didn't seem into it <laughs> from the two sentences she gets out about it um i was also yeah i mean we I, yes i could spend a whole podcast talking about like the timeline and why they only had a month and you know why is this at the end of senior year like all that's that stuff. weird but to be fair iceland yeah she had already gotten into mit Right. So it solves that. The reason that she didn't want to engage further with Larson or one of them was like, I'm leaving anyway. Why would I do this now? Yes, I did flag, I did flag the um, fancy school. But in this case, I do think the film earned it. Yeah, I mean, look, she, she won a STEM thing last year and she was a contender this year. Like that, 
that feels realistic. But um, I'm again, I'm happy she's gotten into school already, and, and that's not the senior year thing. But I, I bring it up because she's doing all this research for this app. I love how she picks some obvious places to go originally, and they don't end up working out. And it's in a more subtle way of being like, yeah, sex depicted in porn or media or teen films, not exactly <laughs> accurate. So when she right. goes up to Lisa at the end, um, she actually says, Avery, she's like, cute girl, you have a personality, right? And then she, mm. she basically says, like, you know, in all these movies I've seen, your care and it's kind of meta in a sense but it's like your yeah. character is just a function you know not necessarily um you know a fleshed out thing and and for her to do that little uh monologue lisa you're, you're so right was so awesome when i think about the the research again what my mind goes to is is the visuals that were given mm-hmm. so again for folks that haven't seen this movie for example there is a part in which I think she's giving him a hand job. That's what happens, right? I don't know. I don't remember. But they don't show that, right? Instead, they show, and I honestly don't remember what it was for that one, but they show perhaps like someone climbing a mountain. Or I remember there's like synchronized swimming and they're <laughs> Yes, yes. So visual representations. So she does a ton of again research without Larson and, and like the machine is spitting out just like like oh she's like, you know, what what's Oh, gotcha. In the development of the app, in like, I see, in like sort of the failed trials where it's like based on the teen movies or based on pornography things, it it like spits out explicit phrases or I agree with you that it's a, it's not, it's not that it's subtle. I just, it's so beautifully woven into the plot that it, I could see watching it in a different time in my life and, and not necessarily kind of picking up all that than the meta sense of it, but just laughing at, yeah, like it's these saying, are like, the things sex, stuff like that, you know, right. <laughs> just if you like just words, took kind yeah. of the headlines or just took the, the buzzwords or whatever that a computer, an algorithm would spit out something that is both explicit and like not realistic, but also somehow like trite and stereotypical. Like you know what I mean? I think they were phrases that that I've heard before. <laughs> um, so it, like it wasn't making up new stuff, but it was just like lowest common denominator kind of what you might expect. And so to get to the sort of heart of the matter, and really kind of Larson is is continues in addition to being like the human partner that she found necessary for the physical part of the research he's also the one bringing up like the heart of the matter and and so i liked that that also was a message i got from that is like yeah you're not gonna get that from a teen sex romp necessarily this one excluded um or pornography or something else that there there is something very human about these connections and that like it's important to honor that and be present for that. And that might just be me putting my own spin on it. But that that was sort of my perspective on that. What about you? No, definitely. And I think it again, it uh it makes sense then when the app fails and when also uh things kind of fail with Casper. Um, because there's just stuff you can't really quantify and, and we'll get the Casper. Yeah, you can't in a solve for. Yeah. And which is 
a, a story as old as time, you know, like. Right. A, and and also, I think yeah, the, if the app is like, here's how to have good sex, just you know, what? And it's not someone random because they're in a relationship, but it was long distance most of the time, and it seemed like from what we're told, their relationship was not particularly sexual. So you know, he alluded to wanting to have sex, but it didn't seem like they were talking about it together or talking about what they liked or you know like there wasn't we didn't see any sort of that aspect of the relationship and so yeah it would make sense to me that the app would fail because these two people were sort of coming at it with just like the facts mm -hmm. and not the heart part and yet they were in a relationship so i don't again i i don't know maybe it doesn't work at all angles not to diminish high school relationships is the last thing I want to do, but a long <laughs> distance relationship is hard enough. I could only imagine how hard it is in high school, right? So like, right. who knows how develop, truly developed that relationship was. Right. Did you get a sense of Casper? Was he a good guy? It's hard. Was to, it was hard to really get guy? a sense of him, you know? He probably is the yeah. least fleshed out character in the film. And, and I understand that's potentially part of the point, but I'm just, I'm curious what your, in your watching of it, kind of how did, how did you place him in the teen movie boyfriend scale, right? If like, I were casting the movie and nothing against this actor, I think he did a fine job. One, obviously I would make him look different, but I would definitely make him a little hunkier, a little bit like, mm -hmm. yeah, he could still be smart. Hunks can be smart. I'm not... But like I would make him a little bit like, yeah, I guess back to it, just different from um, Larson, so that we could sort of see she's definitely attracted to his intelligence for sure. But I wish there was just like more of a reason to be like, oh, obviously on the surface she would be with Casper over Larson mm. because I thought of it more as a status thing. Oh, maybe that, like, yeah. If the STEM conference is nerd prom then they're the king and the queen of the prom and yeah and like you're he, probably right he, he's at her level intellectually you're probably right but like i didn't i guess the movie didn't sell me enough on on that aspect yeah, of I it i agree but now that you mention it i think they were definitely definitely trying to go for that not that i necessarily wanted her to be with larson but i also wasn't like rooting for everything to go well with Casper either mm -mm. or necessarily rooting against it. It was just like, no, I'm glad the movie ended the way it did. However, I was rooting for Larson if only because I thought what a, what a fantastic portrayal of a, a high school young man who cared about her, her pleasure, who cared about her as a person who wanted these experiences to be special like all these things that were a little bit counter to maybe expectation or certainly like what the app was telling her early on right that but i thought what what a great what a great high school guy for a high school girl oh i agree i just didn't feel like ironically because i loved avery i didn't feel like avery had been fair to him and i thought when she agreed i thought when she was uh really trying to like win him back or whatever towards the end i 
I did not necessarily believe 100% of her sincerity with that. Oh, okay. I think she really cared about him as a human being, as a person, and as a friend. There is an aspect of Avery that's a little bit socially awkward, which I love because it's realistic, but I almost felt like she was doing a lot of those things. Yes, because she cared for him, but also because that, like, what she felt like she was supposed to do, because she had hurt someone Mm -hmm. she cared about so dearly, and that's kind of what he wanted. I don't necessarily know if they would succeed as a couple, despite her going to MIT after necessarily what happened. Um, I think they made great friends. Um, That's true. And that can be a hard lesson, too, of, like, just because you're great friends with someone doesn't mean that that you should be more and in fact i know i've gotten on this soapbox before so we'll just get on real quick and get off but as you and listeners will know i hate the phrase just friends i don't (laughs) like the the phrase of relegating an important connection and important relationship to just that pisses me off um because i have and have had amazing friends that align with the identities that I, some of the identities that I'm also attracted to in in a romantic partner. And just because that's not what we're about doesn't mean it's a just, it doesn't mean that it's lesser than it's as important as other relationships and as, you know, connected and deep and blah, blah, blah. Forgot my point while standing on my soapbox. But it is an important but point. I, you're right. I don't think she earned Larson back. What I do love about that, though, I feel like your youth is a good time to safely not just experiment sexually, but also emotionally. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hurt. You're probably going to hurt people. Hopefully not yeah. on purpose. Hopefully, you know. And this is kind of how you become an adult and realize Sometimes, hey, I shouldn't do that. Hey, I should do that. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Absolutely. And you rarely see movies do that because they feel like they need to end with uh, like a fairy tale ending somehow. And again, right. We've got to ship these people. And you've said it already on this episode. I've said it a million times. There are plenty of high school sweethearts who are still together today, but that's not the reality for most people. And if that's you out there, great. But congratulations. Yeah. Can, you, can you hear like our voices? Like, <laughs> but realistically, right? Like, no, I, I completely agree. I think I think, yeah, you're right. It's a great exploration of kind of like emotional maturity and and how bringing in intimacy and aspects of sexuality can complicate relationships and connections and things that it's not, you know, Avery thought it would be easy to just do this research and that it wouldn't impact you know her emotionally kind of thing and to find out that it it does is part of that learning process and so yeah i like this movie a lot <laughs> uh i mean for sure and like i definitely like i think for me it was more college than high school but there were definitely moments for me where like it clicked like avery like oh Yes, I might be okay with what's happening, but there's another human being involved here that has right. a lot of layers and is as important as me exactly. in this situation. Exactly. There are not a lot of films that I could say discuss that or talk about that. And let's get a little bit more then into the uh dynamics with 
Larson and that character because there's a big visual component that I want to talk about. We we both already mentioned that this, this film isn't like exploitative or crude or even just sexy, if you will, in that terms of yeah, no, there's no nudity in it. Yeah, I mean there are phalluses on the wall, there are vulvas <laughs> on the wall, but like there's not nude human actors. For another episode, I just watched an erotic thriller. Right, and that's like that's erotic what, teen thriller. Unfortunately, they exist. They exist. Well, you know, it's usually like you know, be intrigued <laughs> for another day. Well, both Corys are in the film, so even more intriguing. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, okay, never mind. I, I rescind my I, I rescind my saucy response to that. <laughs> regardless, regardless, this is not that. At all, and that doesn't mean it's like against that. Obviously, if you've listened this long, you know this is no. I would just I think it's, it was it was creative and tasteful the way that they portrayed it for sure. And I love a bit of a kind of magic realism. Um, so the different she sort of has a sexual checklist that she's trying to do for research with Larson, and I love every step of the way. He's like you kind of feel that uh, he's being honest. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When he develops feelings for her, he's pretty clear about it. He's pretty clear about uh, their past. Um, he's pretty clear about what he knows eventually, you know, what he what he doesn't know. Are you sure he want, you want to do this kind of things? But as we go through these certain milestones, we get a kind of different visual component. You're right, the first one, and I forgot what she was doing for that one, but the first one, Synchronized Swimming. Yeah, I think that one, because there there was talk of erogenous uh, zones, and mm. so I think it was, I think he was fondling her breasts. Oh, yes, yes. Also, he was up in there. I don't know, man. <laughs> he he was, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I got shy. Yes, he, um, I believe, was fondling and kissing her breasts. <laughs> but we don't see that. We see synchronized swimming and like with a swimming cap highly stylized so it's like highly stylized um two two circles of swimming bathing beauties (laughs) like wink wink nudge nudge we get it and i think the i believe it's the hand job that's the rocket launch yes thank you i knew i knew there was something like phallic taking off (laughs) yes yeah, I mean, and and that's cool visually. And then eventually, is it? Yeah, I guess when he's going down on her, there's like a. <laughs> he's like descending into. There's a couple of things, yeah. Like he's sort of like descending in into like caves, but then it's also as if like there's a hallway with different doorways, and so there's a kind of interesting like. They're sort of like play a little like Marco Polo, like sort of yeah. trying to find each other and like both trying to like figure out again. I found it humorous. It uses, I don't even want to know if like sort of euphemisms and stereotype, like, you know, it, it uses, uh, like, I think you already said, a visual cues that help us understand what's going on. Like, it's very clear what's happening, I think. Mm -hmm. But if someone walked by and had no concept of what the movie was about, like it wouldn't appear to be a sexual scene to someone. I think it's super clever. It, I'm going to stop trying to describe it. Either listener, <laughs> watch the movie <laughs> or don't watch the movie. But um, yeah, it was a really clever way to show those things 
and also kind of show their sort of journey together as well, right? Because their relationship is different and their connection is different kind of at each stage. That's been seen specifically when he's descending with the neon and stuff. Again, just loved it visually. Love the visual component there. And what a cool way to do this without feeling like you're exploiting the situation. And I say that because I cover teen films, we cover teen films on AP, right? As much as we want positive sexual things to happen in movies and we want this kind of stuff, it, it does get weird when teenagers are having sex and it's depicted as like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> like, um, yes. It happened a lot more back then. You know, think even just films like Porky's or whatever, like, oh, let's look at the girls get naked, whatever. It's not in vogue today and for good reason. I don't know what this film would have been like if it was just... I know they're not going to graphically show things, but I, right. I, I think it brought it to a cool, another cool level, especially with the character of Avery and, again, how analytical she is, that when she would get in these spaces, she would almost get artistic, which, again, depicted... Yes. Not necessarily always the opposite of analytical, but depicted in films as the opposite of analytical, so... No, I, I agree 100%. She was experiencing things that she could not quantify. Yes, as she had expected to be able to be. So, um, you know, as she's doing her research, one of the people she talks to again is that Paris Jackson character. And she seems, as you said, maybe wise beyond her years, maybe not, but like the most experienced, if you will. So she's teaching her a lot of things. I bring it up because eventually when it's revealed, you know, Larson has feelings. And at that, at that point, Avery kind of says, or she, at least she thinks she doesn't. And, He's pretty hurt by this. But again, he's not, it's not depicted in a way that we've seen in other films where it's like, oh, I deserve to be with you or whatever. And right. that yeah, was awesome. He doesn't have that entitlement thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there wasn't that entitlement at all. There there comes to a point in the film, the sex doesn't go well with, what's the dude's name? I f- Casper. Casper. How could I forget? The sex does not go well with Casper. Um, and she's kind of thinking to herself, you know, what happened or whatever. Larson sort of says like oh sex is better with love and a couple other people are saying this and we have mm-hmm. this whole scene where like a lot of people are really revealing like that that is the answer um in my opinion i think maybe the word love might have been a little too heavy i get why they did it in the film but i took it more as like intimacy and closeness and getting to know somebody you know in that respect doesn't I mean you can't do whatever you want. That's all I'm saying, people. But like, right. and like, and the kind of sincere affection. Yes, yes, affection, sincere affection, exactly. So I think love might be too big of a catch-all for that because th- that could be a heavy term for people. I agree with you that I think putting, um, putting that the label of love, saying that it is a necessary component, is where other things in this film I found so nuanced. I feel like that's sort of a less nuanced or mm-hmm. unnuanced approach. And for the sake of a movie that's going to wrap up, I mean, this was a tight 90, which <laughs> I love. You know, I, it didn't it didn't bother me to the point of like, I don't like this movie anymore. I agree it was a little short-sighted and, and made it kind of a little bit heavier that way. And I also believe that that was Larson's perspective. True. And he also, like, just as Avery kind of went on this journey, and it is one step in a journey that will continue and continue to get more complex and 
you know, she will get gather more information, all that kind of thing. I sort of feel the same for him. Whereas he might five years later, look back and think that was a naive conclusion for me to come to. Um, and so part of it, I think for me, I sort of chalked up to the characters that are saying it in the film, all in a similar demographic to Avery. True. And so she's, she's a little kind of off in if we're doing like a scientific bell curve, like, you know, she's, she's not kind of, she doesn't have the conclusion or the idea that kind of the folks tended to have, but also I did not expect a super wise answer from her peers. Yeah, that's a good call. Cause I was, you know, I was wondering why like in like the Paris Jackson character would say that too. Like, I feel like everyone can't believe that at 18. Right. Yeah. But it's more effective for the movie. if. Yeah. I, I think it was more for, you know, the wrapping it up in a nice bow, but I, I absolutely see your point. Um, and then we get at least, you know, a th- maybe a little less than a third of the movie just, but the end part just becomes this conclusion from Avery that, hey, maybe I do love Larson. Um, and she's doing these big gestures to kind of win him over. She sort of reverts back to the teen movie yeah. stuff that the app demonstrated was not helpful for sex, but maybe for relationships. Yeah, I don't know. She took big swings and well, they did not always work. She had like a say anything moment. She had a, mm. th- that the big swing was the prom dress where she invites him to prom and she's wearing that, you know, like a beautiful dress. And he's kind of still like, no. And also, she again, she did it in front of his whole class that included the young woman that he had a crush on at one point, at least. So like, not even just whether or not he's interested in in Avery, it's also like, please stop jumping into my life and saying weird things to me in front of people. Yeah, but and that's why I was so satisfied, though, like where the movie ended, that they didn't end up together, that yeah. he still was saying no. Like, you know, he stood his ground. Because that that's realistic to me. Sometimes when you hurt Absolutely. someone like that, for better or worse, you're not going to be able to just rectify it with a big gesture despite what teen films say it was super cool to see that and also super cool to see that avery was okay with that in the end yeah they subverted like a lot of expectations i thought in that last act maybe to the popularity of this film's detriment but not to i think our ap discussion detriment amen i would so rather have this than stuff we see in like the kissing booth or whatever you know yeah. It sounds weird, but I feel listened to with the way that this movie end, ended because a lot of the criticisms of myself, even yourself, and even just other guests I've had on here of how yeah. things have ended, they've asked for exactly what we're seeing today. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about, like, critical stuff or whatever, but I'm a little afraid that because they didn't follow the rules, if you will, this movie didn't get the traction that I believe it deserves because it seems like we both liked it. I I can see that. I I would also say because it is subverting expectations, like it's going to take maybe a couple more to really shift and to kind of make that mark. And so I think this is one example of 
what I'm hoping a direction we'll see more going in. I hope more people watch it again. Some of these uh, streaming films are slow burns. Um, But also, we all know 1999 was a big year in film and and teen film in general. But uh, recently we talked Drop Dead Gorgeous on here. And that's a film that I think barely broke even. Nobody Nobody talked about for years. But has a huge legacy. A huge legacy. I think 2019 or 2020 was the first time it was ever streaming. I I guess maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm not, but I like to believe the cream eventually rises to the top. That I agree. these things get discovered. So just because yeah. and they're having a film festival. I mean, yeah, I think I think you think about these things and you see the patterns more than the average person. And so unfortunately, I think because because you're that in into it, it's gonna take longer to see to see some real change. Because you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're kind of sure. so deep into it. For sure. Yes, I agree. I want more like this, and I think we will, we will get there. Hope so. Uh, any other uh, any other uh, thing moments in the film that you want to talk about? Or like you said, tight ninety minutes. Yeah, tight ninety. Um, yeah, the one other, just because this is something that annoys me, is like, she's got three parental figures and no one goes to this conference with her. <laughs> that that was interesting. Again, right? I understand she's a senior and she's maybe 18, but even just like as support or I don't know, I can't imagine in high school going to something really important like that without someone like chaperoning. I went on band trips and things obviously without parents but that was a group of that was a group and this seemed like it was just her so that kind of confused me that they were just waving her goodbye at this thing that's really important to her to be fair i mean look what people have their things whatever but it also didn't feel like they had a lot going on in a sense that like it wasn't there was like five kids around or very busy at work or whatever like one of them probably one of them could have gone yeah yeah you're right like i didn't think about it but now that you pointed it out like they're so supportive yeah and maybe she didn't want them i mean any number of things but it just it wasn't super solved true um for me there that stood out but some of these uh some of the elements with her uh mothers though are just super fun the way they interact with her also like just trying sometimes the overcompensation like like someone who really cares trying to do really trying to help her out really trying to solve her problems also just like the like when she's in the bedroom and one of her mothers comes in and really doesn't solve the problem, so another one comes in to try yeah, to solve it. They yeah, they tag team. Yeah. There was also that, uh, I guess I'll call it like the vibrator scene where uh, someone is telling her to use one or whatever, and she's like, oh, I have an aversion to them, and then it goes through her history. I th- yeah, her experience growing up, that was funny. That was unexpected. Unexpected, but like, like you know, just, it, it's such a visual scene, it's hard to explain on a podcast. Yes, but I but I. I think in other there are other um movies where there is sort of a joke like that of a a kid finding a grown-up exactly vibrator um and also something like i've just heard people in the world talking <laughs> about like i think this is a thing but yeah so to see it visually depicted that it was just another object around the house and she found a variety of uses for it <laughs> that were non not sexual but could be alarming to adults yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like that's, it happens with other things as well. Like I, you know, I, 
yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, but um, yeah, that was a cute, that was a cute way to get around that as a solution to her experience problem. Yeah, yeah, no. So just wanted to bring that up as well. But I guess let's get to our awards, if you will. All right. And it's my turn to ask the questions. Okay. Who was this movie made for? I would say young women, young people in general, but people like you and me, adults. Yes. Who are looking. Enjoyed by middle-aged weirdos. (laughs) Those who are looking for uh, a new kind of modern teen sex comedy. And uh, specifically you, Iceland, who can directly relate because this happened. Those who have employed tutors in their lives. Um, Is this based on YA? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, Again, not a lot of background to the film. I really don't think it's based on YA. It seems like an organic story. (laughs) Um, Do we have a dead teen or a dead parent? Surprisingly, no, right? No. We don't hear about the sperm donor. He could be dead, I suppose. So there is an absent... The origin of the sperm is absent and doesn't seem like an issue in that family. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like someone left. It just yeah, exactly. was not part of the situation. I mean, technically, yeah. there was a divorce that happened here, but they, they live across the street from each other, right. you know. So. Co-parent happily. Yes. Um, okay. Who is most likely to succeed? Who won the movie? It's hard for me not to say Avery. Um, I know it's the lead and I know that's the easy answer, but not only is she going to MIT and like traditionally, traditionally has all the metrics for most likely to succeed, but she learned some valuable lessons and she's going to college unattached, you know? So wise, I think she has a lot of skills that a lot of people gain in college or even later um, already heading into it. And she's super smart and, 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 whatever so uh yeah i'm gonna say avery how about you guys nice um i absolutely avery was on my list um since you said avery i will pivot and i'm gonna say larson in that he was able to reconnect with a childhood friend yeah (laughs) which not everyone has the opportunity to do and he you know things that you you had already mentioned about him but that he um has a strong point of view and he you know, sticks to his point of view and like his values around these um, situations and isn't sort of, I don't know, like he just, um, he, I think he also learns some things, but is able to kind of stay true to himself. And I felt like at the end they were, they were resolved, you know, they weren't going to be best friends. They weren't going to be boyfriend, girlfriend, but like they had mutual affection and understanding. And so, and he just seemed like, I, I, I said it already, like it's just a very sensitive person. He cares about, you know, the person he's intimate with. He cares about how they're doing. Like, I don't know. It just seems like what a great high school boyfriend to have or early college boyfriend to have. So um, yeah, I think he won the movie. It's a good answer. I like that. The Wooderson Award what character would you have liked to have seen more of? I don't know. I, I struggled with this one a bit. Um, I thought they like used the ensemble pretty well. Because like even the character who we didn't get into a lot, the sex ed teacher, she has a, on the roof, has a pretty 
fun and, and informative talk. You know, good life lessons learned there, but I don't want more of her because it makes that scene more impactful, right? Yeah. I, again, I don't have a great answer for this one. I think every teen was in it enough. I'm curious, what what's your answer? I, I went with the moms. I want, Fair I want enough. more moms. There's all, they're, they were so fun. How could you say no to that? Yeah, exactly. Either their backstory or just more of like, you know, because we sort of see seemed like like walkie talkie or voice memo back and forth when you know Avery's going from one house to another and we sort of see that they are talking to one another like a little bit kind of teams like there's a little kind of conspiracy around around helping her but like we don't really see them planning or talking about it or I don't know I would just if I have to pick something I, I would love some more some more of the moms yeah I'm rooting for Mama Suze she's alone when uh, Avery goes off to college, right? Like, yeah. I'm curious if they're going to maintain houses across the street from each other. Yeah, you know? what's her next act going to be? The other ones have each other, right? But, like, I don't know. I feel I, I was, I got that thought of, like, oh, no, she's going to go off to school. She's going to be alone. Empty nest. The Long Duck Dong Award, any character whose omission might make the film better. Oh, I, I know I seem bad today. I also really didn't have an answer for this one. Because, like, again, you can't take out Casper. That's, like, a big part of it. Right. Film. I mean, that was my thought, right? It was, like, we'll take the boyfriend out, but then that pulls away from the plot enough, too. So I, I agree. I didn't really have one either. Just just on Casper, then, let me bring it up. I like that there was a depiction of sex she didn't enjoy that wasn't, like... Uh, dangerous or non-consensual or something right he wasn't an asshole necessarily they just had not communicated or kind of put in the time if you will for that to be a positive experience right they hadn't seen each other in a year like which i don't know which is also theoretically you could say is a little unfair to judge that on one time you know what i mean but she wasn't very true she wasn't feeling it. yes but I, i i think even if you know, folks twice their age were in a long distance relationship, hadn't seen each other for a year, and then were dropped in a hotel room for one night. Like their first encounter probably wouldn't be that good either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just the reality. That's the truth. Oh, so question about that was was the app actually talking to them, or was that in her head? Oh, I thought that was the app was actually talking to them. I thought so as well, right? But it was also weird because I feel like he would have been like. You wrote your app about what? <laughs> like it it seemed out of character for her. And I at one point, in fact, I thought that was gonna be a thing that like made him upset. I I don't know. It I was thinking about what could happen, but yeah, again, the app was sort of my least favorite component. But of course it is. I'm not good at apps. <laughs> Fair, that is true. It is well documented here on High School Lumber Party AP. I just think too. I'm not going off on a limb here. Probably a robotic voice giving you instructions during a sexual situation. Not the most intimate thing you can do. So Probably. <laughs> let's leave it yeah. there. And especially if it's using language from teen sex comedies and or pornography, <laughs> like there's going to be words that are going to be very upsetting to me included in there. But hey, maybe that's, maybe some people are into that robot thing. I don't know, but that's, <laughs> Yes, no kink shaming. No kink shaming. If you want a robot voice telling you what to do, more power to you. 
Okay. Um, extra credit assignment, recommending a classic teen movie to a character in this movie. So we see uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. We see uh, Never Been Kissed in the background. We see a lot of stuff. But I think if we go to a modern classic, and I think you and I have both recommended this, but I'm going to say Blockers for Avery because throw that in the algorithm. Maybe it changes some things a little bit. Nice. I went a very different way. <laughs> and I'm going to suggest that Larson watch Can't Buy Me Love. Ah, okay. And it's, I don't mean it as a direct comparison because it's not, but I sort of, I kind of want him to see how he's, he's wise beyond some of the tropes of high school. And also like, these things are complicated and, and can start as one thing and end as something else. And I don't know. I just thought as I was watching it, I, I think he would enjoy it and yeah. maybe maybe enjoy critiquing it. But I just, yeah, that was mine. That's a good one. I like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Back to the real AP of it all. It is time to grade this film. Um, we are going to use a traditional American high school uh, system of A to F or A plus to F, depending on your high school. As reference, Rotten Tomatoes, this sex appeal has a critical score of 55% on Rotten Tomatoes and an audience score of 65%. And a 2.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Shut up, Letterboxd nerds. <laughs> uh, we grade A plus to F. Brian, what grade did you give this movie? So those are not great scores, but we throw those away again. Whatever. Those are not our people. I mean, they might be our people. Yeah, I don't, don't want to say we're, that. But... We're using a different scale. <laughs> I was teetering between B plus or A minus, but I'm feeling good. I'm going to give it that A minus because it's so different to what we're usually seeing. It's everything I kind of wanted this movie to be. I'm finding, I'm trying to like think of reasons in my head to give it that B plus and I shouldn't I should be positive so I'm gonna go out on a limb and give it the A minus because it's the movie I think we deserved there are things that I've criticized in the past that I've wanted movies to do and this film did it so I just want to be consistent and give it that A minus how about you Aislinn for the first time on High School Summer Party AP I am giving a grade I never thought I would give I'm getting the A plus. Wow. A I agree. plus. This is the this is the movie I I didn't even know I could hope for. I I was skeptical when I saw the, you know, poster on the on the app and all that. I was delighted at every turn. And I I think this is an outstanding teen sex romp but not so i i think it's great and i'm gonna go out on a limb and give it all the points i can full credit wow. a plus wow i know a plus the rare a plus i thought i was i thought i was optimistic at a minus no sometimes it's just the enthusiasm and it's the whole package and um yeah absolutely that's awesome. Okay, so we've graded this movie, and we're getting ready for our high school slumber party with movie-themed 
sleeping bags. Brian, what does your sex appeal sleeping bag look like? All right. The inside is going to look like like the neon of like the tube that he descends into in that scene. And the outside is just going to look like a rocket ship from that scene. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I also went with imagery from the sort of um, intimacy pieces. And mine is, was going to be more of like um, kind of kaleidoscope pattern. But that if you looked closely was the synchronized swimming and some of the doorways. But so it, it from far away, it just looks like, you know, a pattern. But if you get up on it, you can see what the pieces are made of. I like that. Similar. So probably from the same product line. Um, <laughs> yeah, we feel like, yeah, exactly. In the same zone. <laughs> so we've got our sleeping bags and it's time to go through the aisles of our mythical blockbuster that probably has the same stained carpet and smells like stale popcorn like, <laughs> like all blockbusters did. Rent two movies, get one free. What two movies will you pick to watch alongside Sex Appeal at this slumber party? Okay, so thought a lot about this one. Uh, the first one I'm going with, and to be clear, it's a bit problematic. It is not my favorite John Hughes film. But I feel like it's a good companion piece to this to feel like maybe this is where we were. This is where we can come. And there is still fun in it. Good soundtrack. And the first film I'm picking is Weird Science. Okay. Science related here. A lot of research here. They don't create an ideal in their mind. Women in this film, Sex Appeal. But again, teens, science, sex comedy, weird science. My next pick is not a teen film, but it does also have science in the title. And that is a film that I loved in college. Not that I still don't like it today, but when it came out in college, I was very excited. And that is Michelle Gondry's The Science of Sleep. A little bit, yes, there's sex comedy elements in here, but a lot of like magic realism, a lot of symbolism, using dream sequences... You know, in a, in a similar way as this used uh, sequences to depict sex um, or sexual whatever, sexual acts. And um, yeah, I kept when I was watching those scenes, I was thinking of this film, Science Asleep. So Weird Science, Science Asleep, and Sex Appeal. I know the app was called Sex Appeal, but do you think they set, they wrote down Sex App and they just... Oh my gosh, Brian, I did not get that until just now. Well, I have it like on my screen right now. I'm like, is that, are we just dumb? I, I think, I think it took us a minute to get there. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I appreciate you bringing that forward. Yes. Yeah, so, did not think of that. So, so sex appeal, science asleep and weird science. Island, I'm curious for your picks. Okay. I don't know if this is allowed. I, I'm doing something unorthodox. However, if I were writing an essay about it, I believe that I could make a case for it. So <laughs> I'm moving forward anyway. I am recommending the original two series of Skins. Oh, okay. Which the original British, British not the MTV garbage <laughs> and the... There are, um, for folks that aren't aware, um, Skins was a scripted teen 
drama on BBC, like BBC Four, whatever, like the cool BBC was written by like a stepfather and son writing team and creative team and was it was it was not my era it was past my era I was watching it in the early aughts I mean I think that's when it was out but um so I was not in high school at that time but it was so much more real in quotes than you know what I would consider an American counterpart being like 90210 or I don't even know what else is the, the, the secret lives of the American teenager or whatever else. And it's British, so they can curse and smoke and they show butts and stuff in it, um, which I remember because I was watching it on an iPod at the gym. And then I was like, I cannot watch this. <laughs> so that is one where you do see some sexual activity among young people and played by young people, but also deals with a lot of like young people issues. And I don't know, I just thought while appeal is super contemporary and pretty stylized i thought this arguments could be made that this was very kind of similar in some ways but from a decade before and i know it's tv but it's british tv so it's like eight episodes a season so if we watch the two series or season series with that that group um it that's just that's just what i felt in the moment so instead of two movies i'm picking up like to you know dvd sets i i am not for rules infraction i am not upset that it's tv series totally okay to recommend i think it's a cop out to do rent series one series oh to do like a series okay so you want something else to go with it yeah come on let's have more fun okay i just didn't know for the time i was like how much content do we have we're gonna have a nine ten hour slumber party whatever but we yes definitely so we'll say skins how many do you know how many series it had well it it had six it had three sets of young people oh i was and i'm just talking about the first two so the first two it has the same cast the the nicholas holt version so so we'll say one of the rentals is the nicholas holt skins yeah gotcha great or even just the first season we can do that that my backup plan is if you weren't going to let me do that, included my version of sort of where we've been to where we are with this. And so I picked Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Nice. In that I think the way that sex and relationships are discussed is very different and depicted is very different. And there are strong, strong female characters in it, but that are sort of trapped in that time period in some ways and so i thought it would be a nice pairing love it love it that's i was thinking of that one too so that's cool this film sex appeal skins and fast times at ridgemont high nice little cross section there the tutor if you're out there you're such a mystical character now at high school slumber party i want to know your recommendations but (laughs) i'm just joking (laughs) i will pass them along (laughs) well i'm so happy that you gave a film an A plus, kind of shocking. I know you enjoyed it, but A plus, and that's not me criticizing it. I'm just, I'm happy that you did it. I'm happy that you went there. That this sets the bar for you for a modern teen film. I'm sure the yes. the creators of Sex Appeal and our our friends. I'm calling them friends because I'm assuming they're going to give me a press pass. But our friends, absolutely yes, <laughs> our good and generous friends. Yes, our friends at American High. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> will be so happy with our. Uh, high scores, but especially your A plus. So, 
Uh, thank you once again, Island, for another great AP episode. Uh, once again, guys, you could follow the show, High School Slumber Party, on all social medias. Just search it. But also, once again, I have my own Twitter, Oh My Rodriguez. And uh, Aislinn, uh, why don't you remind people where they can follow you as well on the good old gram and such. Absolutely. As I disclosed again um, in this episode, and I think demonstrated with personal experience, I am at SassyNerdMT on Twitter, Aislinn.Ruth <laughs> um, on Instagram. Please don't tell my parents about the story I told on this episode, <laughs> folks. Be, be a buddy and be cool. Um, yeah, you can find me on those. If you enjoy the sound of my voice, uh, I also co-host the Contenders on Cage Club Network with my brother Tobin. We are currently on a hiatus, uh, which is a fun word to say, um, but there's a back catalog of um, fun episodes there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear. I don't know why. When you were saying that thing about your parents, it reminded yeah. me of when you were banned from going to that specific spot in Montana. Yeah, um, Johnsford wasn't allowed there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. Maybe they'll continue to ban me from it. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe. Uh, it had nothing to do with my tutelage. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, but maybe maybe you'll be re-banned from it after this. Maybe I'll get grounded, like, retroactively. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. I will um, keep quiet. And if I get grounded for my <laughs> misbehavior... See, now I'm just feeding into this thing of like, I was an adult, I was allowed to make my own choices, blah, blah, but we'll see. I will let you know if, if anyone um, has words with me. Well, I feel like they, for whatever, they should give you time served. We should all get time served because we've, we've yes, been locked in our homes exactly. for a while, so regardless. <laughs> all right. 100%. Thank you. Thanks, Aislinn. <laughs> students brian rodriguez here just really quickly want to check in first of all what a great episode that was if you don't mind me saying Iceland, always amazing always perfect so appreciate appreciate her candor and wonderful insight she'll be back on the intro next time we do ap don't worry and remember one more thing guys life moves pretty fast if you don't stop looking around once in a while you could miss it later dudes
It's over. Go home. Go.